This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. We need a lot of points if we want to stay in the title race and um, we had the strong feeling that we lost two against Man United and we lost two at home against Burnley, which I said, and we, we stole minimum two back today, maybe we stole three back. Um, yeah, of course, uh, it, it feels like this today. We showed the moments when we when we scored some quality but but overall we can do much better and uh, I think the good thing is everybody knows and there are also some reasons for it we have some injured players and and like uh, a lot of key players like due to overload were not on the pitch so we felt it like a bit of lack of rhythm and, and like also as a team it's, it's like this so I don't want to be too critical but just to admit that that Watford deserved more this is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. Thomas Tuchel, not 100% happy with his charges, despite the win in midweek. It's me, Ross. This is On The Ball, a KL Malaysia Cup holiday special. Woohoo! All hail KL people. <laughs> Follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. Joining me on this bank holiday evening, we have Craig Marias. Hello, Craig. Hello, hello. Second last show. Um, looking forward to uh, to covering today's one uh, as well as next week's. Yeah, yeah. Sad. Craig's uh, packing up, ready to move back to the UK. Des Corkill can't get rid of him. No, he's still here. Hello, Des. <laughs> As a Christian living in a Muslim country, Christmas has come early for me this week. KL, who uh, I've supported uh, very much so this season, that's a remarkable Malaysia Cup win. And then Liverpool beating the, the real rivals on Merseyside and not only beating them, but humiliating them. Fabulous week. I'm not sure if that was a, a legal, fair game of football, that Merseyside derby. Bob Holmes, <laughs> Bob Holmes is back this Friday as well. Hello, Bob. Uh, hi, it's good to be back. And I just wonder whether it's Des that we've got to thank for arranging this holiday. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's certainly uh, Stanley Bernard and, and, and uh, Boyan Hordak and the players have a lot to do with it. And the goalie, that boy Mendoza, kept it, kept it all... Square, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, good, good keeper, good keeper. Really good. All right, let's get on. Lots of football. Midweek round of action to try and clear up very quickly. Watford one, Chelsea two. We heard Thomas Tuchel at the start. Craig, the Blues were under par. Needed a goal from substitute Hakim Ziyech, but they ultimately get the job done. Yeah, most important thing: get the job done. You know, um, it, I, I think under Ranieri, Watford a lot more organised. Um, you can you can see what they're trying to do there. Um, they're not much more exposed than they were uh, previously. Uh, they're, they're compact. Um, and probably we didn't expect it to be such a tough game for Chelsea. Um, however, you've got you to look at some of the players that are missing in that Chelsea squad yeah. as well. Um, and, and, you know, look at the ones that are coming in and, and not saying that they're bad, but, you know, some are short match fitness. Some haven't featured a lot. Um, but it was still a strong squad. You know, whichever way you want to look at it, it was a strong squad. Um, and uh, I like... Tuchel coming out um, post-match and saying, you know, we didn't deserve that. Um, but as we all know, you know, we've seen we've seen this game for a number of years now. You know, the, the, the fact that you can go there, grind it out um, and, and get that that victory. You know, it always helps when you, you can bring out bring off the bench uh, a 79 million pound striker, you know, a 40 million pound winger, you know, and, and they, they obviously ultimately are going to make the difference. So, um, yeah, I think it was it was one of those games and, and Chelsea will have that. You know, they've started a bit in, in recent games. Um, so, you know, to the, 
you know, it was a very important win for the title uh, challenge, um, especially with uh, the results that that went on um, yep. this week as well. So yeah, um, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with grinding out a victory, uh, in my opinion. You know, and and sometimes you got to do it the dirty way, and and, and Chelsea did. You know, got yeah. deep, got the result. Well, I, I, Claudio Ranieri, uh, the Watford manager, must have been semi-pleased with, with what he saw. Watford were not out of it. And I tell you what, in Emmanuel Dennis, Des Corkill, they, they have a little gem. Four goals in his last five now for, for the Watford striker. You know, they, they've got it in them. They, they can uh, play with the big boys. I, I think what um, we're learning about Claudio Ranieri is that he's, he's a great man-manager. I'm not sure if he's tactically... That brilliant. He's just set them up 4-1-4-1, which is a little bit more defensively. But he seems to be a wonderful man-manager. Players want to seem to play for him. You're you're seeing it with Sissoko, who had problems at Tottenham and is suddenly looking a a real force. I always thought Sissoko was a good player. And Dennis is coming in. He's slightly changed the role. He's not as as, as a centre-forward now. He's coming in from the right-hand side of a a four-man midfield, so he's being asked to do a little, little bit more. And, and players want, seem to want to work for him. So Watford, when they're, when they're in this kind of a mood, can be a really difficult opponent. And I think uh, Chelsea, I, I, I love Tuchel. I tell you what, the German coaches coming into the English league were used to so many platitudes. Oh, yeah, we could have done well. And the Germans say, we did not play well. Oh, we played well. <laughs> and it's fabulous because you get nothing but the, well, you, you, uh, uh, mostly the truth. And it, it, well, exactly. it's quite refreshing. Quite refreshing. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I thought Watford were, were, were very, very strong and very unfortunate not to not to come away with a victory. But great teams, great teams grind results out. Yeah. And that's what Chelsea did. That's exactly what they say. Champions win games like these, or champions in the making, certainly. And, and Thomas Tuchel, he uh, he said he comes across as a really honest manager. It's it's really hard to dislike him. Uh, Aston Villa 1, Man City 2 was Pep Guardiola's 150th Premier League victory. Bob Holmes, that was achieved in 204 games, 26 fewer than a certain Jose Mourinho. Um, I mean, City are are keeping up the pace, uh, despite not having a number nine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, they uh, didn't have a few others uh, either, did they? But it wasn't quite the emergency that Pep was talking about, was it? No. Um, I mean, uh, he's a little bit disingenuous there when uh, they've spent half a billion quid on players and he talks about a player emergency. Um, And they've also got a great academy. I mean, even if they put the kids in, I think they'd come halfway up the league. They're that good. So, um, but that's, that's manager speak. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, he got away with it. And we were treated to an absolutely fantastic goal, weren't we? Yeah. Uh, Bernardo Silva. I mean, the he's playing very well. But yeah, that was special, wasn't it? That was, I mean, if Messi had done that, You'd, yeah. you'd still be raving about They'll it. They'll win the next three Ballon d'Ors with that goal. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he gets the Puskas Award, uh, mind you, Mo Salah had a, had a hand in that, but we'll, yeah, we'll come absolutely. to that. Mo, Mo's got um, his own reel going there. Yeah, but City, yeah. I mean, City can still play. They can play in the snow. They can play on the grass. Um they, they are very, very good, and they, it's going to take some doing to wrest this title from them. I mean, uh, Villa were on a bit of a high. They'd got their new manager bounce. They'd won the first two games under 
Stephen Gerrard. They were up for it. And they might have felt that with City having so many absentees, that this is one they could win. I'm sure that Gerrard sent them onto the field thinking that. But City were just superior. And no, I don't think Gerard could argue um, about the result at all. Um, yeah. I mean, Villa Villa showed uh, some life. Ollie Watkins got a got a good goal. I think he's um, he's justifying his his fee. Uh, Watkins from uh, Brentford, and uh, possibly doing better than uh, Danny Ings uh, at the moment, isn't he? So uh, I think Gerard will. Uh, sort them out. I don't think there's any question of the Aston Villa going down. Uh, they'll be mid-table and uh, City will definitely be in the top three. Um, <laughs> they're going to take some stopping. Jack Grealish was brought on as a late substitute, came on to a mixture of boos and applause, as you would expect at Villa Park. Everton won, Liverpool four was, um, as Des says, the real derby for Liverpool. It was light work for the men in red. Uh, increased scrutiny and, and pressure now, Des, on, on a certain Rafa Benitez. Yeah, Agent Rafa is doing his work for Liverpool. Um He's, he's pairing uh, Sean Coleman with, um, with Mo Salah in a foot race. So that's, Is it true uh, he wrote YNWA in his notepad? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> however, however, maybe for, for Liverpool, Liverpool were, were, were simply stupendous. Uh, Thiago in midfield makes us tick. Thiago makes Liverpool a completely different team. Thiago with a shield. Something. Yeah, he adds something. He's, he's just a... A genius player. You can talk about the Salah goals. The, 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 the one with Coleman isn't even a quarter chance. He's on the halfway line winning a tackle and he goes through and scores. And we expect that of him now. And the, the first one's from a halfway line as well when he's gone past Dina. So Liverpool's goals were, were simply outstanding and it could have been eight or nine. That was the embarrassment for, for Everton. Everton, well, they, the, there, are, there is dissension in the ranks now. Maybe my eyes were um, rather too... Rafa favourite for when he first came in. I thought he'd be able to sort them out, but they 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 didn't compete. They didn't do they didn't do the the fans justice. They didn't. Um, yeah, they were subject to some great goals conceded, but nonetheless, you've got to be more competitive than that in in a derby. Make it as unlikable as Jurgen Klopp thinks these derbies are. But Everton just didn't do that, and that is is a problem. And uh, eight without a win now for for Rafa. Um, it was the board who the fans turned against. It wasn't Rafa Benitez, actually. So the, the board they were having a pop at, and Marcel Brands in particular. But um, it's all gone pretty pear-shaped for Everton, hasn't it, after a, a reasonable start to the season? Mushiri spoke from New York after the loss, saying Rafa will be given time and given funds to, to um, help the side in January. So... We'll see, we'll see. But they can't keep losing, Everton. Uh, Man United 3, Arsenal 2 was Michael Carrick's last game in charge as interim interim coach Craig Marias. Um, not a bad record, two, two wins and a draw. This one against Arsenal was, was strange. I guess we could say this was all about Fred, this game. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, on that, yeah. Sad, uh, sad to see Michael Carrick um, leave the club uh, immediately after the game as well. Yeah. Um, a fantastic servant for, for Manchester United uh, for the best part of 15 years, um, both as a player um, and as a coach, and, um, and filling in, obviously, when Ole got the sack. So, um, 
yeah, j- just a special shout out because I mean it wasn't easy um, to, to come into those three games that that he did handle the first team for um, Villarreal, Chelsea, and obviously Arsenal last night. Um, you know, he came in and I think did an absolutely fantastic job um, at a time when United, yeah, you know, probably needed a more experienced coach, a more tactically astute coach, but he showed his credentials. So um, hopefully there, there might be a future in it uh, there for, for Michael Carrick in, in coaching. Um, yeah, go, go back to the game. Yeah, Fred, what a player. <laughs> I mean, he's one of those he's one of those players where I'm tearing my hair out in the first Every time. fan like, was calling for him, him to be hooked at half-time, Craig. Every I mean, it was, it, it was going that way. I mean, the, the amount of times he was giving the ball away, um, Obviously, the goal, which was, um, you know, injuring David De Gea. And, and yes, I agree. I think Des will, will, will come come to this and he'll point this out. You've got to be a little bit stronger in those situations. You can't go down like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But at the same time, I will point out that usually when, when keepers go down and the referee spot it, you know, the game stops. A referee failed to spot it. And uh, there was a VAR check. I'm not sure if this, this was for the first time. There was a VAR check for when the referee blew the whistle. It was nothing to do with the game. It was a VR check for the referee. Um, so, yeah, anyway. Um, no, uh, I mean, Fred just involved in everything, uh, you know, that could go Arsenal's way, really, in the first half. And then he pops up with an assist. And um, and that kind of changed the game for him. I think I think that gave him quite a bit of confidence. Um, he came out in the second half and was was so much better. Um, and, and I thought United were, were the better team on the night. I thought, you know, when you when you look at the stats and everything, I thought, you know, we the, the way I think in the last two three games, what we've seen that's been different from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's team and, and Michael Carrick's team is the high press. Now it hasn't always been fantastic because they haven't had a lot of time to work in it on the training ground, but it's early signs that you know that's what Ralph is going to come in and that's what he's going to implement. Um, and Michael Carrick started that off. You know, I thought we had a good. Uh, those three games really showed some good stuff and, and I thought they did the same as well. So, um, yeah, very clinical, good performance defensively. Um, obviously, it was a, the first one was a soft goal. I thought the second one could have been defended better. better. So, still a lot of work to, to be done. Um, but, you know, it was an important three points for United. Yeah, important. The watching Ralph Ragnick made loads of notes. He did stand to applaud Ronaldo's winner, I noticed. Uh, he'll be in the dugout this weekend. We'll talk about that later. Let's just clear up some of the other scores. Newcastle, still winless. They drew 1-1 with Norwich. Kieran Clark got a straight red in that game, so he won't be available for the weekend. Leeds United's win over Crystal Palace, 1-0. Rafinha, uh, enough to lift them out of trouble for now. West Ham and Brighton was 1-1. Burnley uh, away at Wolves, 0-0. Southampton, 2. Leicester, 2. Uh, and, uh, of course, Tottenham 2, Brentford nil. Conte still unbeaten in the league. We go into our first break, and when we come back, we'll start previewing the weekend for you. Danny Ings with another spectacular goal. Acrobatic, athletic. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. Desperate for him to shoot. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. And we are back. Craig Marias, Des Colkill, Bob Holmes joining me this Friday evening to look forward to the weekend's EPL action. It's all coming at you thick and fast. I think they play 
33 games over the Christmas period each. <laughs> Something like that. West Ham versus Chelsea is the early kickoff on Saturday. Um, well, I mean, West Ham, you'd say, we, we've been saying form team, but they, they've stuttered a little bit recently, Bob Holmes. Uh, they're at home. They're going to be fans. They're going to want to put on a show. And Chelsea weren't impressive at Vicarage Road last time out. No, uh, West Ham, uh, I think it's uh, three games in a row they've lost, isn't it? Um, could be four um, or four without a win. Yes, um, critics could say they've hit the wall. They've got um, above themselves. But uh, I think they're a pretty solid outfit. And they'll be sensing that this Chelsea side, as you say, is not 100%. They've got a lot of injuries. They didn't play that well against uh, Watford. Tuchel himself admitted they stole the points. So West Ham will be taking the field and it'll be a full house in the London Stadium, London Derby, with the idea that this is a game they can really win and stop the rot and announce that they are serious contenders for a top four spot. Whether Chelsea will allow that to happen is another matter. Uh, as we saw, Lukaku is back. He got a little run out, and that means he'll probably start. Uh, West Ham don't have Ogbonna at the back. who That would have been a clash to savor, I think, to a very, very big, powerful guys going head-to-head um, -head there. Um, but West Ham have Antonio against the Chelsea defence, which has been creaking a little bit. So I see a, a good chance of West Ham getting something from this game. I think that David Moyes will, will send them out there thinking that, yes, Chelsea are not quite, perhaps not quite all they're cracked up to be. And West Ham are concentrating on this, on the league. They're breezing through Europe, by the way. But um, they are their main objective is a top four spot. And with three, the big three now, we can talk about them as the big three, opening up a gap on the rest, that fourth place is up for grabs and there'll be half a dozen teams saying that they can nick it mm. and West Ham will be one of them. Yeah. So this, is, this could be a, a cracking game and it's the early, uh, no, it's, a, it's Saturday. Yeah, 8.30 um, p.m. It's 8.30, yeah. It is, it is uh, relatively early, isn't it? It's not quite the lunchtime. Well, it is late lunchtime it, there. It is it? lunchtime, lunchtime but yeah, winter timing is eight hours now, yeah, isn't it? Eight so, hours, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. right. So it's, it's, a, it's a good time. It's a good time to watch, and it promises to be a very, very entertaining game, I think. Chelsea team news, Trevor Chalaba. Uh, looks like he's got a hamstring injury. So he's going to join Reese James, uh, Kovacic, N'Golo Kante, Ben Chilwell. That's some list of players there in the treatment room. As Bob mentioned, Lukaku got about 21 minutes uh, a run out on, on Wednesday. Saul should mention, Saul started <laughs> again for Chelsea. And again, he was hooked at halftime. So I think we, we may have seen the last of, of Saul uh, for, for the Hammers. <laughs> Um, Des, I mean, they, as Bob said, they, they're in the running for a top four spot. It's important to to get back to to what they did before. What's not working recently? Uh, not scoring goals. 
Um, mm. the, the Wolves held them to a clean, uh, to a clean sheet. Uh, the, although they competed against Manchester City, it was only a, a, a late goal that they got there against um, uh, Brighton. They only had the one, which, which you're, you're always holding on if it's 1-0. Um, and also Ogbonna, uh, Bob, uh, Bob alluded to it, but I thought Ogbonna was really, really important to their, their defensive and their power. He's, he's such a huge man. Um, defensively, he's very important, but also set plays, he's very important going forward in that uh, they've got big men, but Ogbonna is such a distraction as well. So I, I think for any team, we saw it with Liverpool with Van Dijk, there are certain key personnel. And for West Ham, it's Rice, Suchek, and I think Ogbonna is really important. And of course, Antonio, that's fine through the team. If they lose any one or two of those four, I think the whole West Ham style has to change a little bit. And I, I suspect that's what's going on. Now, Ogbonna could be out. Is it for the season? Was it an ACL that he's got? And if that is the case, that, then that, that reduces their physical effectiveness, which is a lot of what their success was based upon. So um, uh, it, it, it's, it's kind of, kind of awkward because you can bully pretty teams. Um, you can compete against physical teams if you've got that physicality. Um, and I, I, I really do think that that kind of a player uh, missing is, is, a, is a problem. It changes the whole dynamic of the team. Yeah, Chelsea are unbeaten away this season. Six wins and a draw in their seven Premier League away matches. It's the early kickoff on Saturday, 8.30pm. West Ham against Chelsea. Wolves versus Liverpool is Saturday at 11pm. Wolves have been going along nicely. Currently, what, top six? Um, undefeated in three. Um, he's had a good effect, Craig, on, on, on Wolves, Bruno Large. And um, I mean, I, I say this, and, and also I want to highlight the fact that Traore, we, we all know what an explosive player Adama Traore is. Uh, I, I noticed that he's only played seven times under Bruno Lazar. So the, the work ethic and, and all that is coming back at Wolves and I'm, I'm serving them well. Yeah, um, this is a much better team uh, to watch than, than it was under Bruno, uh, Nuno, sorry. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's a team that likes to attack, um, you know, at the back. They're quite sound uh, defensively a lot better. I think they've, they've upgraded their keeper. I think there were a few um, eyebrows raised when they sold them. Um, uh, oh, what's his name? Patricio. 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 Rui Patricio to, to Roma. Um, and, and they brought in Saar. Um, and everyone didn't maybe know too much about him. But he seemed to be a good goalkeeper. Um and I think Wolves dipped last season under Nuno. You know, it wasn't the same Wolves that we'd seen in previous seasons. Um, it seems like they've got their their magic back. You know, when they attack, uh, you know, they really look dangerous. Um, and they've got options. That's the best thing. You know, you've got Podence there. You've got Trincao coming off the bench. Um, they're a good side. They're a dangerous side. Um, and, and, you know, people like, I mean, teams hate playing against players who have speed. And they got this in abundance. I mean, just touching on Triori there like you did. Um you know, he, he's kind of moved into a very central area for Wolves now, mm. which which makes him that much more dangerous. You know, he's running at the heart of the team um, and he was really unlucky um, the other day. You know, I had a great effort. I think he took the ball, picked the ball up in uh, on the halfway line and, and dribbled past uh, two players and, and, and smashed the shot against the bar. I mean, you know, we talk about his pace and, I mean, his power, uh, you know, when he shoots is, is a different thing altogether. So they do have weapons. Um, add that to, you know, Raul Jimenez, uh, Juan, that's coming to the side. They, they've got a dangerous front line there. So um, they're not an easy team to play against. 
I, I like this match. I, I think it's going to be as good as Liverpool. Are. Liverpool are playing, you know, some some absolutely amazing stuff right now on like almost untouchable kind of football. But I, I think this could be a potentially dangerous match for Liverpool. But I really yeah. do. And you add the fan factor. I, yeah, Molyneux should be rocking for, for this one. But as, as Craig said, Bob, Liverpool are, are on a bit of a roll at the moment. Bit, bit, bit of a red machine going. Looking ominous and all that. What They're looking for their fourth successive away win. They, they won five on the road this season. I mean, plus, get as much use out of Salah as possible before he has to go, yeah? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, They're looking as good as they were when they won the Champions League and the league uh, and also got 99 points in that other season. um, They're looking absolutely back to their best. And it's just a little bit of a worry that this um, African Nations is coming Mm. and it's going to take three players out out of the squad, two regulars in Salah and Mane and Naby Keita. And that's that's gonna that's a big hole, especially Salah. And it's interesting uh, if you take any notice at all of the rumor mill that uh, Traore has been linked with Liverpool, yeah. and th- this has been going on for some time. And you know, he um, it's the kind of thing Liverpool might do because this guy, you know, I looked I looked him up. We've been saying on the show for weeks that he doesn't score many goals. You know how many he scored in 152 games? I bet you won't get it. It's in single figures. Seven. Seven. (laughs) Seven in 152 games. Now, I mean, some goalkeepers have got a better ratio than that. (laughs) I mean, okay, well, maybe that Paraguayan guy, you know, of yesterday. Yes, yes. but I mean, it's a very poor return, isn't it? And if Liverpool are interested, then I'm sure that they, they think that they can they can give him some shooting practice, because if he could score goals, he'd be a 50 million pound player. I mean, he's got pace, power, dribbling ability, but his decision-making and his shooting are really our National League standard, aren't they? (laughs) Um, But it would be very, very interesting to see if if Liverpool were to take a punt on him in the January window, you know, think, well, might get him for 20 or 30 million, see what we can do with him. In the absence of, uh, of Salah, I'm not saying he's a, he's a replacement for Salah, but there is no replacement for Salah. So mm-hmm. what do you do? You stick with what you've got or maybe take a punt on somebody for 20 million. So, you know, it will be interesting to see if he, if he even starts the game. But if he does, it could well be an audition for, uh, for a move to Liverpool. Yeah, Bob, Bob. Just sorry, just a bit on on, on Traore. You know, coming through that that famed Barca academy, uh, you know, he was the star. You know, he was going to be the next big thing coming out of that academy. And it's interesting to see how he went from you know Barcelona. This, I mean, he was killing it uh, on a youth level. You know, we, we talk about goals and and you know end product. You know, he, he had it all there, but couldn't quite make that that little bit extra to to move into the first team. And then he goes to to Villa, to Middlesbrough. 
I mean, from Barcelona to drop down to, to, to that kind of, I think Villa win the championship then uh, possibly, you know, to kind of drop down says a lot. And, and that's the only thing that's been missing from his game. He's got all the tools, but that end product, that decision-making is what is preventing him from playing for a top team. And I don't know how long it will take to get to, uh, for someone like Klopp to mold that into him. You know, it, it, it's not, is it worth doing it for three, four seasons and then finally getting that play? He's got time on his side, but you know, is it worth it? Uh, hmm. I'm not too sure. Right, we've set you up nicely. Wolves versus Liverpool, Saturday, 11 p.m. We're off for another break. See you on the other side of this. Big deep breath. Salah thumps it in as if he means it. On the ball on BFM 89.9. On BFM 89.9. And we are back. Des Corkill, Bob Holmes, Craig Marias joining me this Friday to look forward to the weekend's EPL action. Of course, don't forget to sort out your EPL uh, fantasy football teams, FPL teams. Um, two rounds of matches this week. I bought Jota. I finally bought Jota. Um, <laughs> the rest of the team didn't, didn't do very well, but there you go. <laughs> I have to get Salah in just when he goes to, <laughs> to the AFCON. <laughs> That's where I can afford him. This season's BFM Fantasy Football is brought to you by uh, my-soccer.com. In fact, our November manager of the month, I've yet to sort that out. Check our Facebook page announcement today at some point. Right, let's let's go get on with the, the weekend's football to look forward to Newcastle versus Burnley. Comes at us uh, 11 p.m. On, on Saturday. The Geordies are still winless after 14. There's Corkill. 1-1 draw against Norwich in midweek. Not good. Apparently, um, their goal is a bit dodgy if you read all the Norwich reports. <laughs> and Kieran Clark sent off as well. I mean... 14 games without a win. Uh, I mean, you can't keep saying must win every weekend, can we? Yeah, and after Burnley, they go to Leicester, they go to Liverpool, they host Manchester City, and they host Manchester United. So their next five <laughs> games could well be 14 becomes 19, wow. which is half of a season. Would that's, that be the end of Eddie Howe? That's what you're really thinking. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's what you've really got to look at. And then it's a case of, okay, you bring some players in, you spend millions of dollars, but who's, it, it becomes a real relegation battle. Um, you've got to suspect that the money will be able to buy enough good players for them to get out. But it means that they need to pick up as many points as they can. Home match against Burnley, you've got to be looking at trying to pick up points because Burnley are one of those uh, teams who are down amongst um, the, the bottom teams uh, once again. Uh, my, my thoughts on Burnley are that they don't try to entertain. At least Newcastle this season, I think, have tried to entertain. Um, and they rescued a point against Norwich. But um, they've got to dig and scrap against Burnley because Burnley will dig and scrap against Newcastle. This will be not one for the faint-hearted. Probably nil-nil written all over it or a poxy goal off somebody's backside. Um, but Newcastle, they just desperately need some points. Do, do you um, think they'll beat the drop? Does. I think with the money that comes in, they've got to, and Eddie Howe spends it judiciously on maybe a centre-back and a holding midfielder to 
to shore them up a little bit defensively. Uh, and ob obviously a striker to try and come in and, and get on the end of Sam Maximum's uh, hard work. Then I think money will talk. Money always does talk in the Premier League. But it's going to be mighty close if they, if they don't get anything out these next five games. Yeah, I mean, Burnley can really inflict some damage this weekend, Bob. I think a bit un unfair on Des saying they're really, really boring. I, I think to Sean Dyche's defence, he has bought Maxwell Cornet. Him alone, he's more exciting than the entire Burnley squad. <laughs> uh, entire Burnley squad has been for about 10 years. Um, <laughs> no, he's he's exactly the the sort of player they needed to, to light them up, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, the, and the sort of player that you never thought they'd sign, to be honest. I mean, they were always going for players who were like Sean Dyche, you know, tough, rugged, no nonsense, but not a lot of style. Um, and, uh, you know, that he was a manager who signed players in his own image and it worked effectively. Uh, I mean, he's done a great job in, in keeping them up on, the, on a budget that, um, well, I think it's some championship clubs have a bigger budget. Certainly when they get parachute payments, they do. Um, so he's done a great job, but this, uh, Maxwell Corney has, uh, has, really electrified the crowd and he's very popular in the dressing room apparently um he's the only one with style they... <laughs> yeah well <laughs> he's got the expensive underpants everybody else yeah. is marks and spencers <laughs> they're all dressing like him now you know um, <laughs> doing their hair like him um no, I think they've got enough to uh, to stay up. I mean, uh, you, I was a bit surprised to see them down there, actually. I know they've got a, a game in hand, but um, they've drawn a lot of games. Uh, they, I think they've drawn five out of the last seven points for a win. But uh, they are just the sort of awkward customers that Newcastle wouldn't want to play in a desperate situation. So I can I could see Burnley do, uh, doing one on, on, uh, on Newcastle. But looking at Newcastle's um, position, uh, I don't think it's quite as bleak as some people are making out because they're only six points off Watford in, um, in uh, 17th place. Six points. Well, I mean, three points for win. It's two games, isn't it? Mm. And Watford are no great shakes. And there are other teams down there um, who are, you know, could be sucked into a relegation battle, Southampton. Everton even, who are yeah. dropping like a stone. So I, I think Newcastle have got a fighting chance and they have that money to look forward to uh, in January. So I'd, I'd say 50-50 I'd say whether Newcastle stay up or not. All right. It's uh, Newcastle Burnley. It's Saturday, 11 p.m. Uh, that one kicks off uh, Watford against Man City. It's your late Saturday game, so it's 1.30 a.m. Sunday morning kickoff. City eyeing a fifth consecutive Premier League win. Poor old Ranieri, Craig Marias. He's had Tuchel and Chelsea to deal with midweek, and then now Guardiola and City come calling. Um, they just come at you thick and fast. Yeah, um, they do. Um, you know, it would have been a lot worse to have United the week before that. You know, so <laughs> oh, that was the easy game. Win, yeah. win that convincingly. Um, <laughs> but no, it's uh, like I said before, you know, when, when, when I spoke about the, the Watford Chelsea, I think Ranieri would take a lot of confidence from that performance against Chelsea 
you know, I think they frustrated them a lot. Do you rate, um, do you rate Emmanuel Dennis up front? I do. I do. Yeah. I mean, the, the good thing about him, he can play as a striker, he can play out wide, um, you know, and, and you've got Josh King there as well, which, you know, they, they interchange so well. Um, you know, one goes out on the wing, one plays up front, and they've both got pace. They're big, both strong. Um, it, it, it's a good mix. Um, and he's got some decent players there, um, Hazaranieri. However, you know, he's playing against City, playing against Pep. Um, you've got to think it's a tall order uh, for, for them to get anything from this match. Um, you know, I, I think Ranieri has obviously stabilised the team. Um, he's made them a, a lot more compact. But, you know, I think City are playing out of their skin right now. I think uh, Foden will come into the squad. Uh, good to one. Hopefully he's fit. Um, it, it's important to remember that it wasn't a full-strength squad over at um, uh, when they played Villa at Villa Park. So, um, it's going to be an interesting match. Um, I, I don't think it will be easy, but I can't see past the City win. I just can't. Bernardo Silva has now scored it on, on five occasions this season, and, and he scores match-opening goals, which apparently is, is ever so important. But, but this City side is, is really going along nicely. Guardiola has said he, he won't manage another side, Des, in England. Um, I mean, do, 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 we, do we just take it for granted that, that he's... I mean, his stats, 150 wins already, that's pretty good, isn't it? It's not bad. The billion pounds uh, budget. Yeah, for, yeah does that, that does just, help just, as well. Just a yeah. little bit. Let's uh, let's not forget that. Um, uh, and you keep mentioning, oh, they do this without a number nine. You are dead right. They do it without a number nine. But they, they are so fluid up front that there's always somebody in the number nine position to, to, to finish the chances. And, and they, wouldn't buy a, they wouldn't buy a proper number nine. They'd buy a number nine that could play 10 and 11 as well, of right? Of course, because they're all about movement and all about fluidity and all about futsal kind of finishes, pass across the six-yard box, tapping uh, from, from six yards out. Um, but they've also got the ability to score these fabulous goals. Everyone's raving about the, uh, the silver goal against Villa, but Ruben Diaz smashing one in from 25 yards as well. <laughs> <laughs> on his left foot. On his left foot. On his left foot. He's a centre-back, for heaven's sake. He's meant to be the goon of the team, and he comes in and pops one in, bottom corner. So they've got this uh, remarkable footballing cast, and they're, 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 they are great. You'd, you'd like to dislike Manchester City, but it's impossible because they play so well. The only reason you can dislike them is because you do feel they bought players, but even now they're bringing the likes of Foden into the scene. They're bringing the likes of Palmer into the scene. They're bringing their, 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 their younger players into the scene from, from their development, and they're becoming horribly likeable. Um, I don't want them to win the league, but they're, they're a fabulous footballing side. However, Watford, well, I just double-checked their results. They're on a dreadful run, actually, Watford. They, they've lost four of five. It, it, the form seems to be better, but they lost to Arsenal. The only win is over, over Man United. I think Watford do need this, alluding to what Bob said earlier. They're not too far away from that relegation battle. So Watford need to start getting uh, one or two points here because they've got, after City, Brentford, Burnley, Palace, which are all, you know, dogfights that they've got to start getting points. So it'll be a bonus point or bonus three points if they could beat City. But the way they played against Chelsea, maybe they'll think that they've got um, a, a quarter of a chance. One. <laughs> Five? Five? <laughs> Watford versus Man City, 1.30 a.m. kickoff. Uh, final break. Back right after this. That is a screamer from Phil Foden. They are fitting away. On the ball on BFM 89.9.
Ball on BFM 89.9. Here we all are, Des Kill, Bob Holmes, Craig Marias, looking at Manchester United versus Crystal Palace. Sunday, 10pm kickoff, uh, the new interim proper coach, <laughs> I don't know what you call him, Ralph Ragnick, will be in the dugout, uh, work permit approved, he's been seen taking the tour, he was at the game uh, in midweek against Arsenal, making furious notes, Bob Holmes, what, what do you expect to change from this United side that we've seen and to Ralph's first game in charge? Well, I think they'll be uh, a bit more organized than they were under Ole Sol- uh, Gunnar Solskjaer, but they already are. And I think uh, Michael Carrick has done an invaluable job. I think um, Rangbeck will be very grateful to him because he's, he's already stopped the rot. I mean, imagine if they had continued like that under Carrick and and say lost those three games in a bad way um I mean it, it would have been enough almost for him to to say sorry I don't want I don't want to come to the slot you know don't hold the work permit I mean <laughs> <Cancel. really? laughs> you know? um, so he has seen um he he has seen a, a a much better side a much more organized side although not not the full Monty no nowhere near i mean there were there was fred was still playing wasn't he um and being as as chaotic as as he is um but i think it's important that the fans and the players everybody associated with united has can now sort of breathe a sigh of relief because that was a terrible time getting hammered by liverpool hammered by city and then hammered by watford i mean you know something had to had to give and it was ollie and carrick has come in steadied the ship and now it's more stable in the water and ranwick can introduce his methods and i don't think it's going to be an overnight success i mean he's the father of gagan pressing according to messrs tuchel and klopp who rate him very highly um but you don't do this overnight um, especially a side like United. Um, I mean, how Cristiano Ronaldo is going to embrace this method will be interesting to see. But uh, I'm sure with uh, 12 goals in 16 games, he'll he'll be a starter. Um, and it'll be interesting to see who d- who he does pick and whether the lesser spotted Donny van der Beek will get a look in. I mean, there are there are players you've forgotten about. Lingard appeared. Um, he'd been forgotten, hadn't he, for a bit? Um, I mean, he's got a contract issue as well. Uh, so Rangwick has got an awful lot on his plate. And now his what the would-be right-hand man, Carrick, has decided to leave. Slightly surprising that he's not there to actually, you know, sit beside him for a couple of games to introduce him but there's still um the rest of them i mean mike Phelan is still there for one mm. i mean there seem to be about half a dozen uh people involved in the coaching of, of united in recent weeks um so he won't be wanting for advice but don't expect um a radical change overnight but at least you've got a guy with a reputation he's done it before he's highly thought of and the players will respect him. And I think that's something they probably didn't do with Ollie towards the end. They liked him, but 
when things were going awry, they were thinking, actually, this guy hasn't really done it anywhere, has he? You know, mm. what's he doing in charge of a club like United? And, you know, they, they played accordingly. It was a mess. So, it thing, sorry, Ollie, but it doesn't look very good for you. And a guy like Michael Carrick, who's never really been a full-time uh, appointed coach anywhere, is still a, a rookie, can actually get a tune out of that same team that was getting slaughtered by the likes of Watford. Um, it doesn't look very good for Ollie. And uh, that was the problem. And now I think you realise he should, he should never have been given the job on the full-time basis. Okay. Um, Ragnick's, I, I checked, Ragnick's um, Bundesliga record isn't great. He, he only came second with Schalke uh, one season, 14 points behind Champions Bayern that season. But he did do wonders at Leipzig, literally turned it around. The players that, that Leipzig signed and all that under him. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, we have to talk a little bit about Palace. So I'm going to come to you, Craig, the Man United fan. It's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're on a bit of a blip at the moment. Three three games winless. Uh, they've been going great recently as well, Crystal Palace. I mean, could this be the one? They're going to make it an unhappy welcome for, for Racket Ralph? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not sure how much time Ralph has with the team on on the training pitch, to be honest. So although he'll be in the dugout um, and, and he'll be responsible for whichever result, um, you know, at, at the end of the match, you know, I'm not too sure that he'll, he'd have a lot of time to implement what he wants to do to the squad. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, what Crystal Palace side is going to turn up? You know, we before the start of the season, we, I think all of us were in agreement that, you know, Crystal Palace will struggle this season. Um, I think they got off to, you know, as good as a flyer um, as you can if you're a Crystal Palace fan. Um, and and Vieira, to be fair to him, you know, I think proved uh, most of us wrong. Um, however, you know, it's kind of come off uh, in the last few matches where, you know, you looked at, they haven't been terrible, okay? We have to remember that. They haven't been terrible. I thought they were very unlucky against Leeds. You know, Benteke comes off the bench and, and misses an absolute sitter. Like, I mean, I, I still can't believe he's missed that, to be honest with you. I mean, that's what he's all about. You know, back stick, right on his head, just get it on target, it's a goal, you know? Um, and then obviously they get the, the, the conceded penalty in the very last uh, few minutes of the match. So unlucky there. Um, I think it kind of turned around in the Arsenal match, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for, for Palace, you know, that, that was a bit of a turning point. They were, they were doing well up to that. Um, and then it was a last last minute goal, if I remember correctly, um, uh, that, you know, that they conceded. But I still like this Palace. I don't, I don't think it's going to be easy for United. I think, you know, they're going to make, uh, they're going to make it tough for them. Um, and, and they've got good players that can hurt you. You know, I mean, you, we, we talked about Conor Gallagher a few yeah. a few weeks ago. You know, he's someone that can hurt you. Uh, Zaha, you know, coming back to Old Trafford, he's always got a point to prove. Uh, so I'm sure he's, he, he'll want to be uh, the difference in this match. And um, obviously Benteke, you know. Um, and, and then don't forget the, the, the sporting cast that they've got. Uh, that they, I thought they signed some really good players um, in the summer. Uh, Elise. Uh, for one, uh, you know, had a bit of injuries here or there. Um, I think Eze is still un- unavailable for this match. No, he he, you know. he made his comeback last week, so he's he? He sh- yeah, okay. he should be on the bench. Yeah, another another very good player. Uh, exactly. They have. So uh, I don't think this is going to be easy for United. As I said, you know, lack of uh, time in the training field with with Ragnar, and um, you know, I think Chris Palace will come to to get their season back on track. Um, so so don't don't think this will be easy. Um, obviously, you're going to go for a home win here, but. Yeah, um, I just think it'll, it'll, they'll have to grind this one out, United. 
Um, just go back to, just give me one minute. I'm just going to talk about what, what Bob said, you know, and, and I, I think, uh, I, I don't think it's as, as plain and simple as it is um, there because, you know, Ole got the job after Mourinho and, and they went on a six, seven month run, didn't they? Before they were actually beaten. So, um, you know, we talk about the bounce. That's what it was with Carrick. It doesn't mean that Ole was out of his depth uh, so much, but um you know, it, it was just that I think new ideas, I think what, what Carrick did was just make them more solid and, and more compact than, than what Ole did. And yeah, you can go back and see and you look at the reasons why United was so exposed and why he didn't fix those problems, which I agree with. Um, but I think Carrick kind of went back to basics uh, here and, and said, look, we're going to defend first and worry about the goals later on. And, and, and that's essentially what it was, really. All bring right. back Ole. Bring back Ole. <laughs> he's, he's still a legend. He's still a legend. <laughs> Des, do, do you reckon? Do you reckon it'll be a happy, happy, welcoming start for Ralph Ragnick, or, or will Palace be the spoilers? Uh, so, so uh, just a, a couple of things. Number one, everyone's calling him Ralph now, as though he's their best, best mate. I tell you, it's a, it's a very um, modern phenomenon. This uh, to to call people by their first names. That's uh, for people of my generation, it's it's a little bit disrespectful in some ways. So, Mr. Ranik or Herr Ranik um, <laughs> will have a, a will have a difficult introduction because I maintain Crystal Palace are just being on the wrong end of some dreadfully bad fortune. Uh, some of it self-induced. The Benteke miss is a bad is is a self-induced piece of bad fortune. But the late goals they've conceded, the I, I, I look at their, their games and I look at the number of points they've accumulated, which is 16. I honestly think they should be on 28, 29 points for the way that they've played. I think uh, I'm, I'm a big one in believing fortunes turn and you get the rewards that, that, that you deserve. And a Palace, I feel, have just been on the wrong end of some rotten uh, luck and fortune in the opening part of the season. I think they're a very good team. And this will be very difficult for Man United in fact, I'll stick my neck out and go the Crystal Palace might ruin Ralph's homecoming. And this could be a Palace away win. Sunday, 10 p.m., Manchester United uh, versus Crystal Palace. Your Super Sunday game is a Midlands derby. Aston Villa against Leicester City is Monday, half past midnight. Uh, Aston Villa, of course, under Steven Gerrard, um, showing a bit more fight. Uh, of course, they... they Two wins and and the one loss in midweek, Bob Holmes. Uh, sorry, I'll come to you, Craig, first because I want to talk about uh, Stevie G and and what what do you like about this Villa side? Um, do 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 you think he can get? Well, I guess top six must be the aim. Uh, European places has to be the aim for Villa this season, in my opinion. Um, they they make the early change managerially. Uh, they've got the players to to compete. Um, what do I like about this Villa side? I was really impressed with their second half performance against uh, against City. Um, I thought the first half, you know, City, um, you know, came, uh, exposed them, uh, played to that. But whatever Stevie G said at halftime, I think kind of, yeah, I looked at Desmond, I said that Stevie. Yeah. <laughs> um, whatever Gerard uh, did at halftime, um, you know, kind of woke the Villa side up. Um, and I thought they were really good in the in the second half. Very unlucky not to get a point as well. Yeah. Um, with, with a big Edison save um, in in the second half, you know. Um, so so I think what what Jared has done, I think first of all is he's tightened them up defensively. I still think he needs to go into the market and get another solid centre back. Um, 
there's been a lot of raving about people like Konza and and uh, Courtney House, and I, I I just don't see it. You know, I, I I think they need to go out there, get a very good, experienced centre back uh, to to come in, which I think he will do. Um, and then um, yeah, and I think from from an attacking point of view, you know, it's 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 getting them to gel. You know, someone like Leon Bailey, who's who's such a He's such a wonderful player to watch, but he keeps getting these niggles. Yeah, he keeps getting those. He's injuries, out again you know? now. He's out again now. Um, and then you got Danny Yings. You know, question marks over his fitness uh, since he's come to Villa. Um, but then you look at someone like Buendia, and you know, didn't quite do it under Dean Smith. I thought he was really good um, uh, against City. Um, you know, doing what he does best, creating chances. So I think this Villa, Villa side has a chance. Uh, I really think they do to to get some European football for next season. Um, and, and you know. I, it was all about enjoying watching Villa, and 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 that second half performance told me, um, and, and that was against you know one of the best sides in England. You know yeah. that told me that that Steven Gerrard um, can do it, although it is very early in the rain. It's that, that still on that managerial bounce. Um, so so we'll see how the season goes on. But uh, Europe places, I would think, is the aim for Villa. Yeah, and and that to be honest would have been the aim for Leicester City at the start of the season. Top six, definite. You would have said. Uh, they've fallen away somewhat, Bob Holmes. In fact, I, I read they haven't kept a clean sheet for 20 games in the league. That's quite astonishing. 20 games, that is, with a decent goalkeeper as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I'd just like to uh, go back to Villa, actually. I'm going to state the bleeding obvious, but they are missing Jack Grealish. Yeah. I mean, we, we said how well they had spent the money. It looked on paper that they had. Uh, Danny Ings, 20-odd million, Wendia, similar, and uh, Bailey. But uh, for various reasons, these guys haven't really delivered. Now, the injuries have been the main problem. Injuries particularly to Bailey. He looks very, very good. He's been injured most of the time. Ings has also been injured quite a bit, and Wendia. Buendia has been going back to South America and quarantine and all sorts as well. So he's, it's been very disruptive. But uh, I think they did buy well, but they haven't managed to replace Grealish yet. So that's, that's one of the reasons that they've not been doing so well. On to Leicester, uh, Stephen Gerrard wrote in his book that the best man manager he had ever played under was Brendan Rodgers. Now, you might find that surprising, given um, what happened at Liverpool in the end, but that's what, he's, that's what he wrote. So uh, Brendan Rodgers, you know, that's a pretty good endorsement of a, mm. of a manager, isn't it? Of a man of man management anyway. And we know he's tactically quite astute. In fact, most people, critics of Brendan Rodgers would probably say that it's his man management that they they have doubts about rather than his tactical awareness but you know the guy has got something and you know he left he left uh, celtic i think his timing was awry and you know that's that's kind of clouded the um the picture a little bit but as a manager i think he's he is pretty astute and this uh, Leicester have not done so well this season, but they, they won't sack him. I don't think um, he's in any danger. Yeah. And I think, I think he has bought pretty well. And I, I see them uh, being serious contenders again 
for a European place. So I would say this is going to be a fairly even clash, but I'm, I'm leaning towards Leicester actually over this oh. one because I, yeah, because Villa, Villa uh, you know, the injuries that I've mentioned and the disruption to the team, um, Gerard has made a slight difference, but I, I would go for Leicester. All right. Brilliant. Half past midnight, that one kicks off. We're just about out of time. Also playing this weekend, Southampton versus Brighton, Leeds United against Brentford, Tottenham against Norwich, who are unbeaten under Dean Smith. That's it. Out of time. Thank you, Des Corkill. My pleasure. Congratulations once again to Kuala Lumpur City and to the super-duper mighty Reds. It's made my week. Christmas has come early. Thank you, Bob Holmes. Uh, thanks, everybody. It must have been uh, coming on the show that influenced Bojan, I think. Okay? Absolutely. <laughs> Everything to do with it. Craig Marias, cheers. We'll see you next week for your last show. Definitely. Thank you so much, boys. Um, as always, enjoyed it. And uh, yes, let the festive period of games uh, continue. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye now. Follow BFM Football on Facebook and catch On The Ball next Friday on BFM 89.9. Some people are on the pitch, they think it's all over. It is now. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.